Trish and Nicole and their expert guests are here to answer all your burning questions about aesthetics procedures, candid discussions and stories of the latest trends and greatest gadgets. From dry vagina to frozen faces, Aesthetics Uncensored, where nothing is off limits. Hello, joined by Michael, sorry, by Dr. Michael Zachariah. Now, Dr. Zachariah is a specialist ENT surgeon based in Double Bay. And today we're going to talk about his um, procedure that's a deep plane facelift and rhinoplasty surgery, which he does a lot of both. And we're going to talk about scar management. So welcome, Dr. Zachariah. Thank you, Trish. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks so much for joining us. Because like the last thing you want to do when you finish work is, you know, do more work, jump on a podcast. So I really, really appreciate it. Appreciate it. No problem at all. Lovely. So tell me, so you've been using Stratodorm in your clinic for a while. So tell me, how long have you been using it, first of all? Wow. I've been using it for, for many, many years. When Stratodorm first came out, um, wow, how long ago was that? maybe uh, 10 years ago or eight years ago, something like that, um, mm -hmm. when it first came to Australia. There are other, other gels and other silicon uh, things that we used to use. And of course, the only uh, availability was the actual sheets of silicon that we put on scars and things, but that was always a bit impractical. So when Stratoderm actually came out, it was something that I was very, very fond of using and have been using it ever since and uh, virtually all our patients um, who have uh, surgery be it facelifts or rhinoplasty or blepharoplasty they get stratoderm to use as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and tell me are they compliant like because like because it is easy to use but is something different you know you think oh a scar i want to put you know you expect to put a tape on it but now that you know Thing, times have moved on and of course when something better comes along um, you're getting them to put it on themselves so are they usually compliant like easy to use actually you know I, I find that they are actually very compliant because they want to reduce the scars as much as possible and so um, I do sometimes use the stratum med which is uh, in the operating theater and put them directly on the scars but uh, quite often the, the, some of the scars need to be covered after surgery so um, then I'll get the, the patient to use the stratoderm and I find that uh, you know they actually come back and ask for more um, because they do use quite a lot of it and uh, the, uh, the compliance is not a problem mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's a combination using uh, some tapes on the uh, incisions depends on where they are but for example a facelift and rhinoplasty and eyelids it's difficult to put tapes on those areas and exactly. so the easy thing to do is to put a little bit of the stratoderm uh, gel on and it really does help help significantly yeah of course and so so most of the concerns that your patients have um about the surgery like like facelift or blefs or, yeah. or rhinos is it the scar or like what is their main concern because it is the face hey yeah absolutely um you know you can't cover the mistakes on the face very well unfortunately and so um the scars are always an issue that patients talk about and um especially with facelifts so with a facelift i do what's called a deep plane facelift where i lift up the skin in front of the ear probably for about four centimetres, but then I go down into the deeper tissue, that uh, area called the SMAS. 
and the SMAS is still attached to the skin. And by dissecting that and lifting it, um, all the tension is taken on the deep tissue on that SMAS as we uh, relocate it back into a higher position. As a result of that, there's no tension on the skin. And so scars are going to be much better and less tension on those scars. So when you have less tension on a scar, um, you or on an incision line, you get a better scar. And by doing, uh, you know, placing the uh, stratoderm over that scar as well, that just helps to take the tension off of it and uh, helps with the healing. Mm -hmm. So, and then around the nose, uh, you know, the incisions around the nose, there's a little incision on what we call the columella, which is that bit in between your nostrils. Um, that's usually the, the access point to uh, get into a nose and do the surgery. But then also if you have big nostrils, we make an incision around the, um, the base of the nose. But you know what, tomorrow I'm doing a rhinoplasty and a lip lift at the same time. And last week I did five rhinoplasties and five lip lifts. And um, so lip lift is another significant uh, area where um, you know, we use a stratoderm. And in fact, today I had a girl that I did a rhinoplasty lip lift on eight months ago. And she's still got a little bit of uh, redness of her scar, but hardly any scar at all, just a little bit of redness. So she took a tube of stratoderm again. And then I had another two patients who were booked in for uh, facelift surgery. And all they could ask about was the scar. You know, where are the scars? Yeah. And I'm able to show them, you know, photos of scars of, uh, patients who've had the uh, deep plane facelift and also use the stratoderm. Mm -hmm. You know, and like you said, that lip lift procedure, I mean, it's the bomb. Hey, like, uh, do you do it in conjunction with the nose job or you do them separately? Oh, no, I, I actually have no problem about doing it in conjunction. So last week when I did the, uh, you know, the five patients with uh, rhinos, I, mm -hmm. I did the lip at the same time. So, um, and I'm saying tomorrow I'm doing a, Actually, I'm doing a ladies' facelift. Well, tomorrow's a big day. I'm doing a, a ladies' facelift, brow lift, upper eyelids, a little tweak to her nose with a lip lift, uh, doing her earlobe reduction and a little otoplasty as well. Nice. So she's getting the full, the full face job. She's getting a full face job tomorrow and, uh, and she's going to look fantastic because she's... She's in her early 50s and, uh, and she already looks great, but all these areas need to be uh, adjusted. So she'll be getting plenty of tubes of stratoderm to go home with. Yeah, well, on that, it's really funny because it goes so far. Like, uh, you know, the tubes, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, this little tube, like how long is that going to last? But those small, you know, five gram tubes, like that got, I think, was it? Five grams got 180 applications or 90, yeah, 180 applications, I think. Yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit less when you're putting it on the um, on the facelift incisions, and it depends on how often you do it as well. I encourage patients to, you know, when they wash their hair and they they have a shower, to put the stratoderm over the top of the, uh, the incisions, and they can do that again at night time. It seems to last a long time, and uh, uh, and. Yeah, but at one tube, it does last a while, and especially on noses where you're just placing it on small incisions. Yeah, tiny thing. And tell me, um, have you seen a difference, uh, like, from the day the days that you use that now nowadays to what you used to use before? Because it's easier for people to put on, and I know myself, like, I have a tape allergy, so there's no way 
I could put the tape on for more than half an hour because I just swell up like a like a balloon. Right. And um yeah. and, I, and I believe that's a quite common. Yeah, absolutely. And um well the, the taping, you know, we um after a facelift, there's not so much taping that's done, but with a rhinoplasty, I get my patients to tape the nose quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Um the silicon sheeting is very good for scars, but it's very difficult to place them on the ears and you can't go out with them. It's all right if you're, say, having a breast augmentation or a, a breast lift, and then you can place the silicon sheeting on the scars and then they can put a bra on and it's not so much of a problem. Um, and, but, you know, with, you really need a solution and the solution is a gel um, with those places that you can't really apply a tape. Yeah, I think so because it's easy to use and and um, yeah, because with the instructions, it's I think you um, well, I when I was using it, I was having a shower and then putting it on in the morning and then just leaving it all day. So I could have actually put it on at night time as well. Yeah, so I, you know, a scar is due to tension. So if you can take the tension off that scar, no matter. Uh, when you, you you are doing it, you know, the, if you can do it twenty four hours, that's going to be even better. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, I, I think it's uh, it, it's just important to try and, and take the tension off any scar. Mm -hmm. We don't don't exactly know how how the silicon sheeting or how the stratoderm really works, but I think it must change the. You know the electromagnetic forces within the actual cells, and um, there's just less tension. And I'm, I'm telling you, when you put the the stratoderm on, um, it really just makes such a difference. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's um, because um, oh, I don't know how to explain it, but because it's like it's famous for softening and flattening the scars. I guess that's probably why, because it helps to the scar to stay flat. You, you know, like because sometimes you could, is it called keloid when it gets fat or is that the you know when it yeah, yeah. pops out yeah keloid scars one of those firm raised scars that um often you see it behind the ear um but you can also see it on the body on the breast or on the uh, on the chest and shoulders um they're typical areas where skin cancer has been removed and uh so applying the the stratoderm can actually um help to flatten those for yeah. sure yeah and so tell me so Tell us the importance of scar management because it's like your, your job, like you do the surgery, but then the scar management kind of comes back to, of course, you're going to tell the, the client um, or patient what to do, but then it's really up to them as well to, to do it, to enhance you know, what their scar is going to look like. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's, um, it's, it's very, very important. Look, one of the things is that most of my patients, when they're coming in for surgery, you know, 95% are pretty motivated to get a good result. Mm. Um, and so as a, as a consequence to that, they will use the product like we tell them to, like the stratoderm. Um, there's a lot that we can do as surgeons to take the tension off the, the scar. So that's the most important thing. Um, you, you can be using as much stratoderm as you want, but if you've got tension on a scar that's pulling it apart, then it is never going to heal that well. So the first and first thing that we need to do is take the tension off the scar, and that's how I do it with that deep plane facelift mm -hmm. um, by the tension on the deep tissue and not on the skin. So when the skin is closed together, 
um, it's not trying to pull apart because uh, there's no tension there. Yep. So that that's the first part of uh, you know an important uh, scar, and then it's the the patient actually spending time doing the right things. Yeah, it's it's teamwork, isn't it? <laughs> teamwork makes makes the dream work. Yeah, well, it is because we can only do so much. Mm. Um, now, look, there are patients, of course, who heal fantastically well and, uh, you know, they don't need to put anything on the scar or they don't do anything to help themselves and they just heal very well. But there are others, the ones who are motivated, you know, I was on a TV show uh, last year called Mirror Mirror and I saw the girl Julia or the lady Julia who's 70 years old and she was on that show and um she had a facelift with me and she was really motivated, it motivated beforehand, motivated afterwards. And she has had great results. She used the stratoderm. She did everything correctly. Um, and uh, her scars are uh, fantastic. A little bit of thickening of the tissue behind the ear, which is not uncommon because you can't take the tension off of that tissue, but you can in front of the ear. And, you know, it's a stigma that people are worried about that if they have a facelift procedure, then people might see the scar and, and know that they've had a facelift. Mm -hmm. um, and so by, uh, by having motivation of the patient and having a good surgical technique, you can really reduce the scarring significantly. Yeah, totally. And you know, you mentioned about using Stratamed first. Can you explain that, to, like the, the why use the Stratamed first and then follow it up with the Stratoderm? Yeah, so the stratomed is um, it's a more sterile type of dressing, whereas the stratoderm is one that, um, even though it's clean and sterile, it's uh, the stratomed is one that we can use in uh, in the operating uh, theatre. So you can apply it directly onto an open wound um, as part of your your wound management, whereas the stratomed we stratoderm we tend to use afterwards when things are healing and the wound is closed mm -hmm. um so and the stratoderm the stratomed comes i think in a, a slightly larger um uh larger tube and you can continue to use that afterwards just like the stratoderm so we usually give that to the patient to go home with um the other thing is i i found that you can even use it on on other areas of tension, like doing a lower eyelid surgery, you can put it over the lower eyelid to actually take the tension off the skin there, and and that helps. And you know, you can do a little bit of taking, but using the strata uh, med immediately afterwards can uh, help to heal things tremendously as well. Mm -hmm. And so, what would you? What about people that um, keloid or, or Asian skin types as well? Because that that's a that's another different thing altogether, isn't it? Yeah, look, um, it's you, you've got to be careful with uh, with those patients. Um, and no matter what you do, no matter what sort of wound management, depending on where the um, the incision is, uh, you might still get, you know, some thickening and keloid scarring. So uh, that's just a type of skin. So there's, there's only so much that you can do, and then they have to be managed with steroid injections and that type of thing, and sometimes re-excision of a scar. And, and then again, putting less tension on there. Um, yeah. So uh, there may be some patients that do all the right things, but still get a keloid because you know that's their genetic makeup. Mm, that would be me. <laughs> in, but in, well, interesting though, um, the keloids don't tend to occur on the face. Um, 
even in dark skin patients who are more prone to keloid around the nose and around the uh, facelift incisions, they don't tend to keloid so much. It's usually in areas like behind the ear, um, in the hairline, the posterior hairline, where there's more tension there, that uh, they tend to uh, keloid more. Today's episode of Aesthetics Uncensored was brought to you by Strat Pharma, our trusted industry partners. Strat Pharma combines skin science and innovation to develop clinically proven, effective and innovative products for wound healing, scarring, stretch marks, radiation dermatitis and rashes. Visit anybody.com.au to learn more about Strat Pharma. That's anybody with an eye. thing where I just go itchy crazy and um, one of the the benefits or if you like features of of stratoderm and stratomed I guess is the fact that it can help to relieve that itching and and the discomfort you know because like you're healing and you know when you get itchy they say I don't know if it's true or not but old wives tell or is the fact that that's your healing healing yeah that's right yeah so do your patients use it for that as well yeah absolutely um you know, there, there are certain areas. If the if the wound is itching uh, itself, then definitely you can use the um, the, the stratoderm in those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes you get itching behind the area, like in the scalp and that type of thing, and it's impossible to use it there. But the the, the actual healing wounds, yep, putting a bit of strata stratoderm on there is fine. And look, I've even used it on, on my kids with little injuries, with scratches and things on there on their uh, faces and on their, um, you know, on their hands and that type of thing where they, you know, they have a scratch and it it's, looks quite deep and red and nasty. And you put the stratoderm on there straight away and just get them to keep on using that. And those, those little scratches on their face um, just seem to disappear. Yeah, I definitely think that it should be in everyone's first aid kit. There's no doubt about it because it, it, it does, oh, it works, you know. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's interesting, you know, beforehand, we just didn't have it. It wasn't available. It wasn't around. Yeah. There was nothing around. But now it's, uh, it's readily available. And uh, it's a great product that I like to use. And like I said, every one of our patients um, gets things. You know, we, we give the patients a whole lot of um, different supplements and bromelain and zinc and different things for, to improve healing from the inside. And so from the outside, the only thing available other than uh, meticulous suturing is to actually use something like the uh, the, the silicon sheeting or the, the silicon gel like stratoderm. Yep, yep. And um, old scars, working, does it work on old scars? Like say if, if someone had a facelift with you like five years ago and they're like, oh, my God, my, like I've still got scarring. Can they put that on? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Look, it's, it's definitely worthwhile trying. Uh, sometimes it might be a combination of using a, uh, an injection and um, using some stratoderm. Um, some older scars, like the bigger scars, you know, you get those TB type scars on the on the side of the arm, or mm-hmm. you know, breast scars that are uh, quite thick. And you can try the um, usually for those type of scars, I'll get the patient to use some silicon sheeting first for a period of time, allow it to start flattening with the silicon sheeting and then use the stratoderm afterwards. Mm-hmm. Depending on how thickened it is, if it really is quite raised and keloid-like, then um, 
I get them to use uh, that type of uh, treatment first. Yeah. Um, but for, you know, for slightly raised scars or slightly red scars or slightly irritated scars, um, years after surgery, I think the stratoderm works uh, very well. Mm-hmm. And so going back to that deep plane facelift, you know, so if you do a deep plane facelift on someone, where are the, so the incisions are, actually can you tell us again because i know you you said what you do yeah. but now now i'm just thinking of the scar the scar line so where would the scar be okay so the scar is the incision is um we call it the temporal tuft you know that little bit of uh, the temple hair in front of the or just above the ear so the incision goes uh around that and then it goes in front of the ear behind that bit of cartilage called the tragus mm-hmm. and then down in the natural crease. So it's in all the natural creases. And then it creeps up around the ear lobe and mm-hmm. then the posterior crease, which is uh, the, the bit be- right behind the ear where the ear is attached to the head and then along the hairline as well. And so then in the hairline, I try and hide it, hide the incision, just depending on how much skin needs to be removed because if there's lots of skin that needs to be removed then you have to go down in the hairline a bit more so everyone's incisions are tailored but the the, the most prominent incisions that people are worried about are those in, you know where the ear is in front of the ear where in, you know having a normal conversation someone will look at you so i always try and hide those incisions um, so that you actually don't see them. Some people will put them in front of the ear, but I never do because I think that, that those scars can become wider as well. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's a, a, an incision that wraps around the ear, but hidden behind the uh, cartilages as much as we can. Okay. So your, your deep pain facelift, you don't have any scarring at the front of the ear? No, it's all hidden behind the... Uh, oh, that's well, surreal. Yeah, you, you, you have a little bit... Um, at, at the top in front of the ear along what we call you know in front of the helix but you know that's you, you just don't see it that's mm-hmm. what heals beautifully well um, you don't see it that's where the strata term works fantastically as well because it's an area where you can actually put lots of the uh, gel on there um, and the tension is uh, is very minimal in that area so yeah the, the the incisions are hidden that's one of the things and I, I do the same with men um, I, I always put the incisions behind the tragus, behind the cartilage, because I just find with men, you know, you can make the incision in front of the ear, but then sometimes it's it's visible, and even if they're growing hair there, it's visible. So I put it behind the tragus as well in men, and if there's a bit of hair that starts growing near the ear, you can always laser it, and that will mm-hmm. uh, fix that problem. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And with the um with the i'm obsessed now with this facelift you know that so it's no scarring at the front I'm like what <laughs> um right with them um, just talking about facelift now so what's the difference between a facelift and where someone will have a thread lift so generally a thread lift is performed when people have very minimal scar um, sorry minimal scar minimal skin excess skin so if they've got quite a lot of excess skin, then, you know, you, you can't really lift that with a thread. So if someone's got uh, some minimal 
excess skin and they're just trying to change the position of the tissues, then a thread lift is, is good. So for example, if someone's got a little bit of mild jowling, so that's uh, maybe someone who's in their 30s or um, early 40s or who's looking um, you know, spectacular in their 50s and they just want a little bit of lifting of the jowls, then threads might be you know, of benefit. Mm -hmm. um, in people that, if they've got excess skin, there's nothing you can do. The, the, I think the thread lifts, and I'm a, I'm a fan of threads, and uh, I'm, uh, I, I think the threads have got certain uh, applications, but if there's excess skin, that skin's got to go somewhere, and the only place it can go is in the bin, unfortunately, mm -hmm. to get a good to get a good result. So that's the um, that's one of the issues that you have to uh, weigh up. Um, I used to do quite a lot of threads, but because I do surgery, people were expecting a surgical result using threads, and it yeah. just it just doesn't happen. It might look like that at the beginning, but it just doesn't stay and maintain like that. So, um, so a thread lift is for someone who's got very, very minimal uh, tissue that needs to be uh, lifted and raised. Um, and it can, you know, for cheeks, for example, you can actually put some threads into bulk up the tissue and, and bring it together and it looks like a cheek lift. So it works very well there. Um, threads are even being used in the nose to uh, try and lift the uh, tip of the nose. And, oh. and it works, works reasonably well in some patients. But it's you know a matter of expectations, and uh, if someone wants threads, then I'll direct them to one of my colleagues rather than for myself because uh, I just think that you know I'm after a more significant result, and that more significant result happens with surgery. Of course. Um, so, um, but I'm I'm certainly not not against threads. It's just that uh, patients are usually coming to me wanting significant. Uh, changes mm -hmm. the other thing that i do do though so uh, i do use some of these threads you know surgery does not change the quality of your skin that's mm -hmm. one of the uh, issues so you know we can do a facelift and we can pull the skin as tight as we want however it doesn't change the quality of the skin so i have been using these dissolving pdo threads in the lower part of the neck and what that does what the dissolving pdo threads do is actually help to um, stimulate collagen production and uh, so i've been using those in combination with my uh, uh, facelift surgery and it's working fantastically well yeah right and, and with that would you have a scar there from the threads like Oh, no, 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 no. no. The threads are okay. these tiny, tiny little ones. I put about 50 in the skin. Mm -hmm. So you, you, they're these tiny, tiny little ones. And, um, yeah, so it's, you, don't, you don't see any scarring at all because it's so superficial. Yeah, right. Do you do that, like, before the surgery or, or at the same time? Uh, well, usually at the same time. Oh. Um, but but sometimes sometimes I'll do it after surgery, so patients will, um, you know, they'll they'll come in and have uh, the facelift done, and I'll tell them that they've got, uh, you know, the the skin needs to be addressed, so they'll come and have, uh, um, you know, some of the threads, or I use a machine called Ultraformer. I use that, just some different things to try and address the uh, the quality of the skin because surgery doesn't change the quality of the skin. Yeah. Um, put a bit of stratoderm on it and it makes the skin look fantastic, but uh, that's not a, a permanent thing. That's just while it's on. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, I get it. And with the facelift, how long does the facelift last? 
the good thing about the deep plane facelift is that it, it does last a long time. And the earlier you address it, the longer it seems to last. So, for example, I, I, I've got patients that I did, um, you know, last year I did a 32-year-old, a couple of 32-year-olds, 35-year-old. Um, I did, you know, different patients, different ages uh, who have had fantastic results and it's quite young. Um, tomorrow's patient, I did one facelift yesterday on a 51, 56-year-old uh, and tomorrow's 52. So early 50s um, is a good time to do it before the skin laxity and elasticity is, uh, is too far gone. So you can still do a facelift on those patients, but the result may not last as long. So for example, um, I always remember a lady that I did when she was 51, 52, and she came back and had her second facelift when she was 67. Mm -hmm. um, so that's 15 years later. So unfortunately, that's a reflection of how old I am because I've been <laughs> in that for, for, for a while. But, yeah. uh, but it, it shows it does last, um, you know, 10 to 15 years. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, unfortunately, I call it the conveyor belt of aging. We're all on the conveyor belt of aging. So we can do a procedure but, and take us back, but we're still aging. And so you need to do maintenance things to, um, to maintain the, the, the whole uh, process. And that's why afterwards, skin treatments, laser therapy, ultraforma, peels, Botox, fillers, you know, different things are needed to maintain the, uh, the effectiveness of the, uh, of the result. Yeah, yeah. And like with the incisions um, of the rhinoplasty, so you're saying just yep. that little um, uh, co column, what, what do you call it? The co columella. Columella, the col yeah. columella is yeah. the only, and maybe around the sides if they're bringing the nostrils in is where the scan would be. And that's an, is that an open or close? That's an open rhino? So that's an, that? that's an open rhinoplasty, but uh -huh. I still do, I still do the closed rhinoplasty, which is um, uh, where you don't make any external incisions, mm -hmm. but um, you know, probably, probably about 30% of my patients have the closed rhinoplasty, whereas um, you know, seventy percent of patients will have the open rhinoplasty, where you're actually, you know, getting stuck into that uh, that that tissue by uh, opening it up. And so, uh, most of my patients will have an open rhinoplasty, but uh, and that's where the columella incision is made. Okay. Um, when that columella incision is made, uh, that's when we get all the patients start using the stratoderm afterwards. So virtually every patient is given stratoderm to use in the uh, post-rhinoplasty phase to put on their incisions. Every lip lift is given the same. Yep. Okay. And, and so we oh, sorry. And I was, I was going to say, you, you asked about the, the girl who, uh, you know, had old scars. And like the girl that I, I saw today, who was eight months post-surgery, she's, um, you know, she's uh, got a little bit of the scar looks good, but just a little bit red. So I've got her to use the stratoderm um, even eight months after surgery. And so that's going to make it uh, improve even further. Yeah, totally. And, and so what time frame do you tell people to use the strat? Like, let's start with the stratum med, the one that you can use while um, the wound, you know, while you, you know, when it's not completely sealed, I guess, for one of the better yeah. words. How's my terminology? So it's not sealed. No, the, <laughs> you know what I no, mean? The, it's totally fine. No, that's totally fine. No, look, the strata uh, med, um, I just get, get them to keep on using it until it's completed. And, and most of them, I must say, don't, um, 
don't use the full tube because I think it's 10 grams, that tube. Mm -hmm. um, so they can keep on using it um, uh, for, for several months afterwards. So either I usually say use it for about three months. It doesn't matter if you miss a day here and there, but uh, use it mostly for around about three months. And the same with the strata, uh, stratoderm. Most patients will get stratoderm rather than stratomed, though I have both available. Um, and it's, you know, they, they will start putting it on the, uh, on the scar, usually after the sutures have been removed, which is around about 10 days. So that's when they start putting the, um, the stratoderm on because you, you get natural swelling occurring. So you, you, you get natural swelling occurring around an incision yeah. for around about a week to 10 days. And then, um, and then that settles down. Uh, as that settles down, that's the best time to start using the uh, the products. Yep. And what about for those patients that don't adhere to your post op regime? Well, you know what? Uh, fortunately, some of them will get a nice scar. Some of them will get a bad scar. If they get a bad scar, then um, the most of them are, are usually pretty honest about it and say, "Oh, you know, I didn't." I didn't use the, uh, the the stratoderm, and so um, or I was you know eating apples immediately after surgery, where I was meant to be you know resting my uh, uh, yes. my incisions. Yeah. You know, so some some people do silly things like that. I tell you, uh, and you you know you have no control. You just don't know what people do when they go home. Yeah. Um, but you know, if there's a scar that is uh, is a little bit thicker, a little bit wider, and it's got nothing to do with uh, what they've done at home or, you know, sometimes it just heals poorly. What you can do is um, inject it with a steroid. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to re-excise it, but mm -hmm. then I really do encourage them to use a stratoderm afterwards because that just seems yeah. to help with the healing. And it, look, patients, most patients are motivated yeah. to get the best result. And so as, as, a, as a consequence, I'll, you know, if we say use a stratoderm, they'll use it. Mm. And the thing is, if they come back to get it revised, they're going to definitely follow the protocol the second oh, time around if they haven't the first time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And like I say, there's, there's only so many things that we can do. Um, the rest of them is up to the patient to, uh, you know, to adhere to um, what we can advise. But, you know, some patients just are not good at that and uh, they're the ones that you, you can't really do anything about. But mostly I would say, you know, 99% of patients are very motivated because, look, they're coming in and they're paying good money yeah. to have a, a surgical procedure and so they want good results. And, um, you know, like most of them are motivated to get those good results. Yep, yep, amazing. So I was going to ask you as well, so, so why is stratoderm, uh, stratoderm your product of choice? You kind of answered that. A million times anyway during this podcast but yeah, look, i know it has it, like you said it hasn't been around for long so i remember when it first came out i was like huh what is this you know put, putting it straight on a wound you know that was a bit kind of hard for people to understand i think even doctors as well hey that was a bit challenging do you think oh definitely definitely it was a yeah. bit challenging yeah um look the, the stratoderm is um i i just used it because it filled a gap, you know. We there used to be some silicon gel. I can't even remember the name of it that you could buy over the counter at the chemist, um, and that would seem to be very rarely available. You know, it's hard to get, hard to find, um, and even the silicon sheeting was tremendously expensive. Mm -hmm. um, whereas the stratoderm, 
they they really made themselves uh, the the name of the product that was readily available. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've just you know what they used to say: if you're on a good thing, stick to it. Yeah. Um, so I haven't seen anything that's changed that's better than that that uh, that I I can use. And you know, it's it's good value for money, and the patients like it. And so yeah, why not? Yep, it's a no-brainer, hey? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. I've got to say thank you so much for, for joining us tonight. Like it's been really informative and I've loved listening to, you know, about your um, your facelift procedure and the thing, the fact that there's no scar in front of the ear, that just like, oh, my God, that's so exciting. Um, it makes a big difference. You're going to have to come and see one, Trish, and see what yeah, it's like. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, look, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Okay, no problems at all. Lovely. Nice being and- with you. Pleasure. Thank you so much. And listeners, look, if you do want to catch up with Dr. Michael Zachariah, you can you can check out his website. It's faceliftplasticsurgery.com.au. Otherwise, you can Google him. You can send us a DM as well. So, yeah, if, you, if you're in for a facelift or a nose job or your lids or your ears, definitely <laughs> he's definitely one to consider. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. Got a burning question for Trish and Nick at Aesthetics Uncensored? Slide into their DMs on Instagram at Aesthetics Uncensored. Stay positive, boobs and chin high.